It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock, and it is time for episode 245 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, how the hell are you tonight, my friend? I could not be happier, and I will tell you exactly why. And it's because right. I'm staring at your face. No. Um, la- yes, 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 yes. Last week, you did the podcast um, uh, uh, for a few moments uh, while you were on vacation, which we will talk about later. Put a pin in sure. that, folks. We're going to circle back to Ron's vacation. But I'm going to tell you something. I was I was here all alone. Um, doing the podcast before, by myself, and what was the one of the first things I said to you Tuesday morning when I was checking in with you and the misses? It was, I don't enjoy doing solo episodes. They, <laughs> they're difficult, without a doubt, without a doubt. They are, they are just not as fun, as much fun as having somebody um, uh, directly to 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 interact with you of all people. You know, I look forward to this uh, this time every week. So I'm doing fine, Ron. How are you doing? I mean, I'm okay. Um, you know, obviously, it's 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 a difficult time for me right now. Um, I've just returned from a week long vacation down at Playa del Carmen, uh, spending time on the beach, uh, relaxing, drinking. Uh, so, getting back into the cold uh, northeast weather, having to get back to work tomorrow, and of course, the the sting <clears throat> of losing the Super Bowl bet and thus. Uh, the uh, the the 51% ownership and the title belt, uh, it stings a bit. It stings a bit. And, you know, I, I've had time to reflect on things. And, you know, uh, Brian, I, you know, you are you are a gambling man. You would you would say that. Um, yes. And and you would say and again, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to, to knock you, but I would say apart from your locks of the week, which are sure. always perfect. You've got a mixed rather. You got to have a mixed record, otherwise, correct? Oh, I, I have. I would say that I have a. Um, I have. I have a, accomplished a significantly losing track record in um, the uh, gambling activities that I've taken part in. And would you say that you have you have gambling weaknesses that you're aware of that you find difficult to overcome? Like when you look back on bets that you make, it's like, you know what? I did this when I should have done that type thing. Well, I'm going to tell you you my weakness. I'm going to tell you my weakness. Okay. Okay. I overthink things at times when I bet. And the Super Bowl is a perfect example because initially I was like, all right, I kind of like the Eagles when the line first came out. But in my head, I'm saying to myself, you know what? Go with the Chiefs. Like they've been there before. They've won it all. And then I just started overthinking it with statistics and records and everything else, which led me to pick the Eagles, which, as we now know, was the wrong choice. Because when you reflect on it, both great teams, very even game. But you had in the Eagles, a young coach in his first Super Bowl, a young quarterback in his first Super Bowl against a team with a future Hall of Fame coach and a future Hall of Fame quarterback. So on again, my betting a lot is done well in reflection. Uh, hindsight being twenty twenty, I kick myself for not taking the Chiefs. But listen, to the victor go the spoils, my friend. 
Listen, I think that is hindsight talking. There is a reason why the Eagles went 14 and three this season. There is a reason why the Eagles um, looked unstoppable during their march to the Super Bowl. Um, granted, the 49ers lost their quarterback earlier on in the game. However, the Eagles did, um, they looked um, like they were uh, a team of destiny, pardon the uh, uh, the euphemisms. Um, but also, you know, you're, you're, you're kicking yourself. But if you look at Vegas, Vegas had an opening line of one. And that line grew to one and a half by right. game time. That meant that not only did the experts um, believe right out the bat that the Eagles were a very slight favorite, but um, the betting community bet he- bet heavy enough on the Eagles against the Chiefs that the betting line moved. Right. So if you're going to kick yourself for not, you know, seeing, you know, uh, uh, all the the tea leaves. Um, correctly, you are you are far from alone on this. No, I understand. And and to be honest, I've had a week again of relaxation, of reflection, um, a, a week of not carrying the burden of that fifty one percent ownership, which sure. takes a, a tremendous weight off of one's mind. I feel over the past week, I have been more creative. Um, I feel maybe I had gotten. Uh, complacent being at the top of the mountain, being the champion. And perhaps I wasn't giving you, Brian, my best. I wasn't giving the audience my best. Uh, So I've done a lot of work over the past week, Brian. And if you will indulge me for one moment, I would like to share um, a little side project that I also started um, over the past week um, as I thought about my future and and how things need to progress. Um, I have a little clip of this project, if you don't mind, if I play it. Um, Again, uh, if you are watching the video portion, don't judge the final product. There's still a lot of video editing that needs to happen with this clip. Um, I subcontracted Matt um, to work on this little labor of love with me. And and as we know, you know, Matt's got some some challenges. Um, So, you know, again, the audio, I think, is good. The video still needs some work. um, But uh, here we go. Oh, I should add it to the stream. Hold on. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 7 p.m. And it is time for episode one of the Ron and Ron podcast. It is my very special privilege to introduce my new co-host, Ron. Thanks, Ron. It's great to be here and joining you on this new adventure. I've been a longtime fan and admirer. Whenever I've watched your previous work, I felt like I was looking into a mirror. (laughs) Well, that's very flattering. And I'm looking forward to our 50-50 partnership. We've got some great original content here. Along with current events and politics, you'll get to know and love some of our reoccurring bits like beverage of the moment, gripe of the day, and what are you streaming? Don't forget, Ron, for the gambling aficionados out there, we will have our NHL Ice Picks of the Week cold as ice. (laughs) Brilliant as always, Ron. Just a reminder before we get started here, you can find all things Ron and Ron at our website, theronandronpodcast.com. Now, let's start the show. So again, uh, nothing's happening with with the Ron and Brian podcast, obviously, but just just an outlet... that I that I felt. So again, uh, if people are interested, you can go to the Ron and Ron podcast.com um, and, and check it out. There'll be more information in the coming weeks. 
Is there, first off, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I want you to know you've done some superb work here on the podcast. I know you're going to, you know, you said earlier that you haven't, you know, been at your peak. I don't agree with that. Um, but I also know that, you know, that one cannot hold down a butterfly. One must let the butterfly fly and live and exist. Um, so I wish you the best of luck on this uh, new adventure. Thank you. Um, if you ever would like me to come on and be a third mm-hmm. on your show, you know, I've, I've been talking about throupling with you um, for a long time. This might be um, our opportunity. I mean, I know Mrs. Ron has said no to that, to the idea of a thruple on numerous occasions. Um, <laughs> yes. Actually, a, a, a socially awkward number of occasions, to be brutally honest. But it's, you know, maybe this is the thruple that I really wanted. You know, Ron, Ron, and Brian. It really does make sense. I'd love to, I'd love to come on and as, a, as a guest, if you, if you ever decided uh, to have me on. And obviously, um, you know, the fact you've got so many ideas already, you know, the, um, the NHL ice pick of the week and the, the beverage of the moment, um, you know, it just really shows that, you know, not being burdened by that extra 2% has really allowed your brain to just open up and, um, and, and, and fly. I feel like, I feel like Bradley Cooper in Limitless. Like I really do. So, uh, but in the meantime, let's focus on Ron and Brian. And more importantly, let's focus on our drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Trancher. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Drink Ryan, of the week. what uh, what are you drinking this week, sir? Today I have Ooh. a hefty can. Look at this. That this is thing nice. is about the size of my head. We are looking at exactly twenty five point four fluid ounces of Asahi Super Dry. Love You're going to say, Brian? Asahi. It's it's it's, it's it is a consistently solid beer coming in at 5.2%. Um, let me just, I'm going to throw a word out there. I'm not sure that you're familiar with. Karakuchi. I am not. Please in, inform me. Karakuchi is the Japanese word that captures the intricacy of Asahi Super Dry's unique, refreshing taste. Although there is no direct translation, it describes how our beer is dry and crisp with a quick, clean finish. It's a rice lager, from Japan, Ron, these beers are prepared with rice and malted barley, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like American lagers. But as a result, the beer is a light color and flavor profile. There is also more carbonation, which necessitates a drier finish. This is my drink of the week. All right. Take a sip. Uh, going international this week uh, with Asahi. And it's really good. I've, I've had it in oh, the past. It is a fantastically oh, is so crisp, good. clean, and drinkable lager. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say 
highly recommend five out of five. Ron, what are you drinking? Uh, So as we've mentioned, I was down in Mexico this past week, Brian. And what's the one thing you have to do when you are down in the Mexico? You have to purchase yourself uh, one of the many local tequilas down there. Um, I purchased this bottle of Don Peru John. Uh, This is a mix of tequila and mezcal. Um, comes in at a 34% alcohol. Uh, most 100% definitely was claimed at customs upon my return. Um, so I, I like my tequila on ice. I don't know about you, but I do like a nice, uh, a nice sipping tequila. Um, I, I did sample it in the store, but I also sampled uh, many uh, tequilas. Actually, the most interesting one was a, uh, a scorpion tequila where they had uh, scorpions in the bottle. And the guy uh, said, oh, uh, put this, puts this uh, spice and salt on your hand. So he puts the spice and he puts some salt. He's like, lick that and then take the shot uh, with the scorpion uh, tequila. Turns out he put uh, cricket spice and worm salt. But it was an interesting flavor. But this is just straight up tequila. So let's sure. taste this. Oh, it's nice. It's got a nice, uh, almost buttery finish to it. Really? I mean, that is... I am very, uh, I'm very pleased with, uh, with that. So, and you do, you are a tequila man. I do like I tequila. I'm, I'm, I'm a, in general, I'm a clear spirits kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that is a nice drinking tequila. So I am, I'm happy. I'm a happy man, Brian. That's all that matters. I'm, I am, I am pleased. Now, uh, do you want to talk about? Uh, um, obviously, we, we're, 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 we're. We're dipping our toe into the ocean of your recent uh, vacation. But uh, while we're talking about drinks, you want to talk, what were you drinking while you were down there? Uh, Primarily, I was drinking Dos Equis. Uh, That Mm -hmm. seemed to be, we went all inclusive this time. So obviously it was whatever they had there. Had a variety of of, uh, wines, liquors, mixed drinks. Uh, But I stuck with uh, Dos Equis because if you're going to be drinking from 10 a.m. to, you know, midnight, uh, it's a nice 4% beer that's very drinkable throughout the day. What was the... um what was the record uh, number of beers you had in one day? Um, you know, there was a day where uh, I'm not going to lie. There is a period of time of that day um, that I do not have recollection of. No. Um, so I, I believe I consumed upwards of 15 that day. Ooh. And had I not taken a, apparently a couple hour nap uh, prior to dinner, I probably would have had some more. That's awesome. It was enjoyable. Well, I do remember on Monday of last week um, reaching out to you and you were, um, in your own words, you said that uh, you were uh, uh, properly toasted and it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, we started at 10 a.m. each day because that's when the beach bar opened. So you went down to the beach. All right. Are we talking about your vacation now? Not just just yet. Not yet. Because we have to hit up, of course, Beef of the week. There you go. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's what's bothering you? Oh, this is real simple. This is this is this is quite straightforward. I'm okay. not, not going to pretend. Um, it is. People who don't pay off their debts. Interesting. Such as um, 
not naming names, but okay. recently I made a wager. We were talking about wagers earlier, earlier this uh, episode. Um, and recently I had I'd, I'd made a wager that um, I won. Mm-hmm. And the um, the uh, what was gambled was a physical object. It was not money. It was not sure. something you could put a, a dollar value on. I believe that there's a term for for items that you cannot put a a, a dollar value to a sign. Um, it's now been seven days, mm-hmm. and this item has not been delivered to me. And um, it's somebody who I I never thought would welch on a bet. I right. thought this was someone that would, you know, be a, a, a stand-up kind of guy, a man of honor, a man of dignity, a man of uh, of, of respect, a man right. that you right. should respect. And this physical item has, a, a, as far as I'm concerned, um, not been um, uh, transferred using a variety of of delivery meth- methods and that's the that's what's bothering me this week i mean understandable i you know i won some money on the super bowl um have not received it as of yet so i mean i understand your frustration but you know i look at it as maybe people have reasons maybe people were traveling internationally uh, and were unable to ship uh maybe tomorrow is a federal holiday and the post office will be closed i think you just really need to look into the why behind the why but I certainly understand your frustration. Hearing a lot of excuses, Mm -hmm. a lot of excuses. Ron? Yes. Other than returning to a um, Philadelphia winter uh, after a Mexican uh, week, what's bothering you this week? I mean, as you can imagine, with uh, traveling, dealing with the general public, um, returning, you would think there was a variety of things that could have been my beef of the week, and mm-hmm. there were. Uh, but probably the main beef of the week, Brian, is uh, dress codes at restaurants when you're on a vacation. Uh, All righty, let's let's go into this. So you know, again, we're at an all-inclusive resort, and, and, and to be fair, maybe I could have done. Uh, a lot of uh, a little bit more research about the place than I did. Uh, but there were the majority of the restaurants were listed as uh, kind of dressy. They weren't they weren't casual and they considered uh, dressy for the men uh, to be a collared shirt and long pants. Now, it's dressy would be pants, long pants. OK, specifically long pants, maybe high end dressy jeans, but primarily long pants with a collared shirt. Now, it's Mexico, it's 85 degrees. You would prefer sure. to be in shorts, but what have you. And and sure enough, I you know, you think, oh, sure. Yeah, whatever. But as long as you look good, like I had some very nice shorts with me, some dress shorts, if you will, sure. and collared shirts and was turned away at a restaurant had to go back to my room and put on long pants. And I'd only brought one pair of long pants because, again, it was going to be 85 degrees the entire week. So, May I ask which which restaurant in the resort turned you down? Uh, That particular night, it was La Hacienda, their uh, their Mexican restaurant. Wow. Yeah. And were the other men in your party all, um, were they dressed appropriately? Um, they, They were. You know, I, I just, you know, I didn't even think about the long pants because I had my collared shirt. I looked sure. good. I felt good. I felt sexy. I said, this is this is an outfit that a restaurant's going to want an influencer like me sure. to be seen at sure. their place. And uh, but I was 100 percent incorrect. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, how did you, did you, I, I, I assume um, you did not tell them who you were. You know, I don't they like, to, have, they yeah, I don't like the name drop. And, you know, to be fair, you know, it was after the Super Bowl. Um, you know, my clout had dropped a little bit. So, you know, I, I, I didn't want to cash in on that. Okay. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Um, so really a delightful uh, resort to be at. All right, let's talk. Okay. So you go down to Mexico for a week. Yes. Um, yeah, I've already picked up all-inclusive, yes. um, adults only. Adults only, no children, which I got to tell you, I don't think I can I don't think I can do a vacation with children around again. Because mm-hmm. once we went, got back to the Cancun airport uh, yesterday to fly back, and there were just hundreds of children running around uh, yelling at the top of their lungs, made me realize how much I appreciated not being around kids for a week. Sure, of course, of course. You're there for a week. What were the high points? Um, let's see. One day we went and we did some snorkeling to look at some sea turtles and then went to a uh, cenote, which is a uh, a limestone cave where we actually got to swim uh, underground in some water they had down there. Um, and then we took a, a walking tour of Playa del Carmen and uh, had a Mexican cooking class there too. So mm-hmm. I added some more cooking skills to my repertoire. Um, what got, skills? Uh, so I, you know, a little, uh, we made some pico de gallo, some, uh, some guacamole, uh, made fresh tortillas and sopas with masa. So uh, I, I got made all, it? I, well, the, the guy helped, but uh, okay. we, we got our hands in there a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe the next time you come down, you might have a little uh, Mexican feast come your way. I would, that would make me very happy. Uh, but otherwise, you know, happy. we had a room that literally stepped out onto the beach. Um, mm-hmm. There were, uh, there were, uh, was a, a beach bar right there, um, open from 10 a.m. on. Our good friend Manuel Manning the bar took excellent care of us. Um, great poolside area. Again, just uh, just a lot of fun. And traveling with, of course, friends of the podcast, the Jardies, uh, always fun. And uh, and the love and, the Jardies, yeah. love the Jardies. And uh, and Amy, uh, also part of the Jardie clan, uh, was yep, with Amy us. Uh, Brian, uh, Billy asking, was there enough cooking oils for me? Uh, coincidentally enough, they don't use a lot of oil. Just very na- all natural. It's a very uh, they, they like reusing a lot of things. So it was uh, it was very interesting to see almost a no waste uh, cooking thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole week was just it was it was great. It was relaxing. It was just what I needed. And uh, now I'm back here in the States and uh, it's not as much fun. Did you get the opportunity to reconnect with Mrs. Ron? I know you were talking earlier um, uh, this year about, uh, you know, just not being on the same page, um, some marital stress, some issues. Um, You told me there were there were several nights where you were sleeping in the fifth bedroom. Um, because she wouldn't let you in the first four. Um, this was just the two of you. Um, did you, do you feel like you guys have reconnected? Um, I don't know that we were disconnected. Uh, I don't know that any of what you said is actually factual, uh, but we had a very good time together. And none of what I said was factual. Very Thanks. good. Well, welcome back. Thank um, you. All, uh, putting, uh, putting all that aside, um, what was it like getting off the plane? Um, so we, we landed in Philadelphia last night, um, around 10 o'clock and, uh, it was 37 degrees. Uh, it was 82 degrees when we left Mexico, uh, 37 degrees when we landed. Uh, so it was obviously not a lot of fun. Then you got to wait, you got to get your luggage, you got to get through customs. 
which I will say they've made customs incredibly easy to get through with the little. Did you have any problems um, getting it, getting back? Nope, none whatsoever. Did they go through your luggage, even talk to you, or you just walk? Not right really. Through? So, like, you 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 punch on a little screen. They scan your passport. Um, mm-hmm. Then you go up, and they're just like, "Any livestock? Not today. Uh, any alcohol or tobacco? Of course not." And then, then uh, in an Uber on the way home. Very good. Very yeah. good. Well, welcome back. I'm going to say this: this country is not the same when you're not here. Oh well, you're very kind. We uh, we need you. There is a, one thing it's it's been burning in my head uh, to ask you uh, for when I got back. Sure. What are you watching? Oh, um, I'm watching two things. One, I am watching uh, Ted Lasso on Apple TV season two. Okay. Good season. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it, uh, but I don't understand why it's it was ever made. Okay. Um, I feel like season one really was um, establishing a uh, an American Midwestern American who has no soccer experience being hired by a um, uh, by a owner of a team trying to get it to fail, um, kind of like a major league in the soccer world, right? Um, so they were setting up the story. I get it. There was a reason for it. The season two, um, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be getting from this season. Um, they're, they're not really moving the story forward. Um, they're just, you know, introducing some more characters and just kind of reiterating um, what they already were. Uh, I'm over halfway through. So I kind of feel like at this point, I really feel like I should have um, uh, seen some progress. Also, um, I took a hit. I took a hit for the team this you week, did. Ron. You jumped on. You jumped on a grenade for us. It is no I jumped it. on that grenade. I inserted into my rectum and I pulled the pin myself. Mm. Um, I was. Uh, we were provided with a screener uh, copy of Roseanne's um, uh, Roseanne's uh, new comedy special um, called "Cancel This," which is on Fox Nation. Uh, it was, how do I say this? One of the worst hours that I have spent. And I want to go on record here because I, I, I know that the, you know, that the far right are going to watch this and say, oh, that's because you just don't agree with her political views. But this was not, um, this, it, it had nothing to do with, uh, her political views. I, I genuinely wanted to laugh. I, well, wanted- I think, I think you have shown an ability to look past, um, a comedian's past you can you can you can go to like a problematic comedian's uh, show like Louis CK for example you were at that show at Madison Square Garden um, uh, a few weeks back I believe um, you were in attendance with uh, with Michael Levick um, so you you've shown that you can look past people's past so I, I feel that you went into this uh, the stand-up special with a clear mind and we're ready to laugh because listen, Roseanne has done some great standup in the past. Sure, you would have hoped she, it would have been she would have brought that energy to this special. But you're saying that uh, she didn't quite do that. This was, I would say, um, she, you know, have you ever seen a comedian doing a um, uh, an hour of a headlining act, an hour of comedy that you sit there and say they've got maybe twenty minutes of material in this hour. The rest of it is just kind of you know filler and noise right um they you know they let them tour for another year, and I'd like to see what they do with this hour um this was literally i would say probably she did about fifteen minutes of um jokes we'll call it, and I would say she did forty five minutes of rants 
of um, you know, uh, just stereotypical Roseanne, you know, right. what she's what she's become. Um, she talked about her childhood growing up in Utah, wasn't funny. Um, talked about living in Hawaii. Um, she couldn't make that funny. Talked about how she loved marijuana. Um, she's um, spends half of her time in Texas now. Um, she was bragging about how she wanted to offend people, but I didn't find any of her jokes offensive. They just weren't. Um, um, they were they were few and far between. Um, what I found most um, surprising was just how um, uh, disconnected she was to her material. She would tell a joke and just kind of you know there would be this this gap where you could clearly see like there was no um there was no flow it's not as if she had one joke that would set up to go to the next now, um, was this in was this in front of a live audience filmed in Houston Texas in front of a um live all white audience i don't know that that was a requirement <laughs> when they were um when they announced this show but all of this the um crowd uh shots that they featured I did not see one minority in all of it. it. Um, and what I shot, what I found so surprising was the editing of this show. Um, they, th- there were several spaces in this where she would tell a joke and you would not hear any laughter. Like they didn't edit in a laugh track. They did not, you know, cut out that space between jokes to make it seem as if there there wasn't this awkward silence, but I was shocked at how much of an awkward silence they allowed. You think they would? Yeah, I mean, you would think they would pump some crowd noise in, or yeah. at least edit the space after the joke so it wasn't as obvious. Sure, if you would, you know, like the thing, you know, afterwards, I was looking back on it, and I was just, you know, it's like it's like someone said, "Hey, Roseanne, you haven't done stand up in 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 ten years. We, you know, why don't you get up there, grab the mic, and just, you know, just kind of riff." And they recorded it and they put this out. You know, it was, it was, it was, I, you couldn't say it was a tight hour. Um, it was just a bad hour. Um, it was actually so bad that um, I did not, I told you that I did not want you to watch it. No, because you, you I say- did not. Well, it was, it was, it, I felt it was a, it, the last gift I could give you um, or, the, or, or the smallest thing I could do. Sure. It was just to save one hour of your time so that you did not have to see this. Um, and that, that is what I'm watching. Ron. All right. Yes. Other than the, um, the, the, the Atlantic ocean, the Gulf of Mexico, um, other than Manuel, other than watching Joseki cans get emptied, what are you watching? Uh, so I didn't watch too much while I was away. Uh, but on the flight back, I did watch, uh, Black Adam, uh, the DC oh. movie with Dwayne, the rock Johnson, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I liked it. I know for whatever reason, um, critics did not like it. Some people kind of tore it apart. I mean, was it a great movie? Uh, not by any means. Um, right. but it was, it was definitely watchable. Um, I think Pierce Brosnan was fantastic as he always is. Um, the rock wasn't horrible. And, uh, overall I thought it was a good movie. Uh, and then okay. today on Netflix, I watched Emily, the criminal, uh, with Aubrey Plaza, which I believe you would watch. Previously. I did. I watched, I watched that, um, uh, I want to say I watched that maybe two months ago. And again, um, a good show, like a good movie. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, nothing really new, nothing spectacular, but very watchable, very entertaining. I felt, yeah. I mean, it's not a great. It, it, it's um, what I liked about it was that it um, you it did really capture the sense of somebody who is um, uh, uh, watching their life kind of spiral. 
and kind of seemingly out of uh, you know out of uh, out of out of um, out of the way in terms of not being able to control it. Right. It was, yeah. I mean, I and again, it wasn't an unrealistic wrap-up Hollywood ending. So I, I right. like that too. Oh, I also forgot we watched what the hell stupid movie was? It was like forty-seven meters below uncaged. So this was like this 2019, it must have been like direct-to-video movie mm-hmm. uh, about these uh, these teenagers that go swimming in this like recently discovered like Mayan cave in Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. And they find a, a, a great white sharks that have like developed uh, that, you know, developed uh, to be able to see in the dark or not be able to see, but, you know, heightened senses because they live in caves underwater and they're stuck under there because of a, a tunnel collapse. So it's like a it's like a jump scare kind of movie with sharks, but it was decent. When did you watch this? Uh, earlier today. Okay. So after your Mexican snorkeling yes. uh, adventure. Thankfully, thankfully. Okay. Would have been very uncomfortable to be in that cenote uh, having watched that. I was just like, I can't believe you would watch this before you would go to to Mexico on vacation. There is one thing that I do want to watch this week. I don't know if you're planning on watching it also. Uh, It's on Hulu. It's Stolen Youth Inside the Cult at Sarah Lawrence. Oh, I've seen the previews for that. That 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 actually looks good. That is a story that you and I have spoken about multiple times um, since the guy was arrested, I think he's waiting on on trial, but he might have already been found guilty. Um, not really paying attention to too much. Mm. Um, but uh, that's something I definitely plan on watching this week. And have you seen the previews for Bob Odenkirk's new show? No. So it is again. It's another. I have no idea. Uh, it's a. I believe it's another Vince Gilligan show. Um, it is on AMC Plus. It's called Lucky Hank. Uh, starts on March nineteenth. Um, no, the 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 uh, trailer makes it look like it could be uh, another excellent show. Really, I just read his uh, memoir, well, Odenkirk. I know you can sit there and be like, Ron, Brian reads. Yes, yes, Brian is a voracious reader. I do like reading a good book, and I just read Odenkirk's uh, memoir. Um, I I did not realize a lot of the early comedy stuff that he did. Yeah. Um, I remembered him from, I was first exposed to him on the Ben Stiller show on Fox way, way, way back. Yeah, with, that's right. Uh, Andy Dick and um, uh, Janine Garofalo. Uh, but I did not realize that he had done so much stand up and failed. Um, and he had done a lot of improv and uh, he was part of the uh, uh, Del Close School of Improv, Del something, Del Rio. I don't remember. Um but yeah, I read Odenkirk. That looks good. I will. Um, I'm definitely going to look into that. Check that out, um, Brian. Uh, let's keep things rolling. We've got our stories of the week. Um, would you like to start with your chosen story of the week? Yes, my story of the week. We are going to go to um, the great state of South Carolina, and the story I'm going to provide for you is really the story of um, America's failed priorities, in my opinion. I may come across harsh. I may come across um, uh, uh, insensitive. But I would say people have described that of me multiple times in this lifetime. And I'm guilty of it. Ron, do you have a photo or a video to show? I have a photo to show. So let me All righty. And you're going to pull it up. 
And the story is, oh, you are looking at Barbara Gillespie. Um, she is a 72-year-old delivery driver from uh, uh, South Carolina. Uh, she works for Domino's. She was delivering uh, multiple pizzas. And if you – there is a video. I don't know if you can figure it out, but I think it's on TikTok. Um, she was delivering, I think, about three or four personal pizzas and something else. Um, as she's walking up the steps, uh, she trips and falls – dropping the food onto the floor and hurting herself. Mm. Now, the thing about Barbara Gillespie that we should all remember or that we should know is that she was one week away from retiring from her job. Mm. Um, she um, uh, had saved some money, but really not enough for her retirement years. But but um, delivering pizzas just was not um, uh, something she was physically able to do anymore. Um, as we could see, uh, sure. walking up some steps, this was um, something that she was not. So the family um, who uh, she was delivering the pizzas to. Now keep in mind, they are they 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 love her. You know, they are regular sure. um, customers of this Domino's. She is has delivered to them multiple times. They felt so bad for her that they started a GoFundMe, put the video of her falling. On uh, TikTok right now, the TikTok is the last time I looked. It had been seen by over sixteen a million viewers. Wow. Okay, that's, that's clout. sixteen. That is that is that is viral. So what do they do? They're American. So what do we do with when people um, uh, something unfortunate happens to them? We start a GoFundMe. It's the only thing you can run. How much do you think Americans have donated to Barbara Gillespie? Um, her GoFundMe hmm. because she fell while delivering some pizzas. I mean, she's not an animal. People like donating to animals. They like donating Love to donate. kids. Correct, I'm going to go. I'm going to go on the low end. I'm going to say maybe around eighty-four thousand. Try two hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars. Well, that's a feel-good story. To a woman that fell. There are so many better causes in this country. <laughs> there are children going to bed hungry. There are children going to bed with dirty clothes because it's the only ones they own. There are teachers that are going out of pocket for school supplies because their schools aren't properly funded. Um, Billy is going to make a Ronald Reagan reference right now. He's typing away. Steam is coming out of his keyboard. Absolutely. You know that he's going to make a Ronald Reagan reference. People, there's genuine misery in this world. There's genuine um, um, heartbreak. Put your money where it's really warranted. Uh, a woman, a woman tripping and falling is not worth two hundred and sixty-four thousand dollars. America, get your head, put it on right, strap it on. So, is- so your, so your dispute is not with uh, the structure of a country which makes it impossible for people to retire these days, but more. Uh, the the good-hearted nature of Americans out there, um, a little over 16,000 of them that have donated to this campaign. Ron, as a 51% owner of this podcast, I am not allowed to side with the downtrodden and the um, uh, the people who are being taken advantage of by the system because I am now part of the system. <laughs> okay. um, you know, uh, you, you experienced it for a year and, you know, had this been a month ago, I would have been railing 
about, um, you know, a society that is forcing um, almost 70 year olds to work minimum wage jobs um, uh, uh, to somehow pay for their medication. Um, but that's not me anymore. Now I'm going to say, you know what? She should have gotten, she should have pivoted um, during the uh, pandemic, listened to Ivanka Trump, and she should have um, learned a new skill that paid better. You can't, uh, you can't critique the man um, when you have become the man. Correct. And here we go. We knew it was coming. Reagan's economy has made it impossible for people to save money. That's not true. That is absolutely not true. Elon Musk has saved a lot of money. <laughs> Jeff Bezos has saved a lot of money. Rupert Murdoch has saved a lot of money. The Koch brothers saved a lot of money. Warren Buffett has saved a lot of money. But this has got to stop. Although one thing it does point out in the article is that uh, a Gallup poll revealed that the average reported retirement age is now up to 61, and those yet to retire, uh, those yet to retire, have increased their target age to 66 uh, compared to 60 back in 1995. Yep. What would you like to be able to retire by? I honestly don't visualize myself ever retiring. I think I will work until I physically can't. Then I will whittle away whatever uh, money I do have, and then I will uh, take some kind of cyanide pill and fall asleep in my uh, uh, and and die. Okay, fair enough. Ron, yes. When do you think you're going to retire? I mean, I would I would shoot for sixty two. Ooh, maybe uh, I'll shoot myself. I never <laughs> even thought of that. That's a good way. No, you're going to shoot for sixty five. Sixty two. I would like to go and 62. and retire someplace warm. I think we we've talked about getting a compound in Costa Rica, uh, being able to continue uh, the Ron and Brian podcast into our retirement days, uh, maybe on a beach somewhere, uh, drinking Dos Equis. Listen, we've always talked about doing the show twice a week, and I think like if we're you know if we if if we get that compound that we've been looking into, I think uh, it's it's plausible, very possible. My story this week, Brian. Um, I would say yours was more of an uplifting story because it involves sure. people helping people for money. Sure. Um, this uh, shows the uh, the horrible extent that people will go to for money. And uh, this involves an Alaskan woman uh, who admitted to killing uh, a close friend after being catfished by an online stranger who said he'd pay $9 million if he was sent photos and videos of the crime. Uh, this woman that we're pulling the picture up right here, this is Denali Bremer, age 22, pleading guilty this past Wednesday to first-degree murder in the 2019 killing of Cynthia Hoffman, age 19. Uh, Bremer was 18 when she and two other teenagers were catfished uh, by a gentleman by the name of Darren Schill Miller, uh, who posted online as a millionaire named Tyler, uh, convinced them to sexually assault and kill Hoffman. Um, Bremer and her two, uh, two accomplices carried out the planned attack back in June of 2019. They, uh, they bound her, they duct taped her hands, feet, and mouth, and then shot her in the head with a nine-millimeter shot uh, handgun before, while also sending Snapchat videos and pictures to Shill Miller at his directive through the duration of the event uh, before throwing Hoffman's body into the Ukultna River. 
So she'll be, she'll be sentenced on August 22nd, uh, facing anywhere from 30 to 99 years in prison. Um, Shill Miller was arrested and extradited to Alaska, thankfully. He's being held in jail on first-degree murder charges, and uh, charges against uh, Bremer's two alleged accomplices are pending. Jesus, that's dark. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's How a stupid... I'm sorry, how fucking stupid do you have to be that you're going to kill somebody because somebody on Snapchat has has promised you $9 million? Right. Without at least getting some money up front. Of course. That's how you get it. I would want a million up front. At least. How much? Okay. Say say somebody comes to you and obviously- I'm sure there was a grooming period. This wasn't just like out of nowhere. Oh, hey, you know, would you kill somebody for nine million? There, there, there had to have been a buildup of trust. You would think um, over a period of time. Um, how much would you consider killing somebody that? Um, like, uh, say me. Say somebody hmm. said, "Hey, listen, I would like you to kill Brian. Send me videos and 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 photographs of you doing it." And I'm going to pay you X number of dollars. How much would that number X have to be for you to consider it? So in this hypothetical scenario, do you still have 51% ownership and the title belt? There is no title belt. There is no 51% owner. Oh, well, I would need probably a large amount of money. I would probably need probably $20 million. Okay. Now, um, with the caveat, first off, that hurts. That hurts. With the caveat that is, if you did have the uh, the title belt and fifty one percent ownership, I would probably do it for free. Fuck. How much would it, I mean? Let's say someone uh, catfished you and said you have to kill Ron. Uh, what dollar amount would that take? And I'm not saying this because I want you to feel. I I would not believe. I'm so paranoid and distrusting that there is no dollar value that I would believe. Um, would be worth me killing you for. If Which somebody said, I'll, I'll give you a hundred million dollars, the more number, the more fantastical that number becomes, the less I believe that it's a genuine offer. But this, this is my thought process because this is how caring I, I think you are because you've just said that you're probably just shoot yourself. So I think yeah. you would allow me to shoot you knowing that it would benefit me. If I had reached that phase where I was done with this life, yeah, I would absolutely be okay with that. All right. Do you think we could do it on Patreon behind the paywall? I think you would have to at least be a Titanium uh, member or higher. (sighs) Mm. Don't forget, people, we still have that infinity level membership that we have held off. We're going to put it back on right now. You can now sign up. If you go to patreon.com slash Ron and Brian podcast. And sign up to be an Infinity member. It is a one-time $100,000 subscription. Lifetime, free access to the podcast, free access to After Dark. Um, But, you know, this isn't just for people that want to put $100,000 down. This is for people who are willing to put as little as $5 a month down. You get um, a minimum 30 minutes of extra bonus content we do a, a show right after this. We call it After Dark. It is stories, um, uh, uh, news articles that uh, how do I how do I put it politely? Um, 
not appropriate for YouTube. Facebook wouldn't cover it. No. Wouldn't they, they? They they wouldn't allow it. Um, these are the stories where um, you know we use kind of um, some salty language. Um, you know, uh, things get a little racy. Um, I keep my shirt on most of the time. Um, and uh, but most importantly, it is a way for you, the viewer, who is currently uh, enjoying the show free. How you can help, re, you know, repay um, part of the cost that Ron and I um, and Matt, let's face it, Matt goes into his pocket, sure, um, you know, to get some of these sound effects and whatnot. Um, it's a way for you guys to help us offset some of the costs of this podcast. Not a lot of money, um, and uh, and uh, you get your money's worth. So uh, if you don't want to go direct to Patreon, always remember you can go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. And hey, if you just happen to be surfing the web, stop by the ronandronpodcast.com as well. Check out that website. Do you want to show the video again? Uh, no, no. I don't, want to, I don't want to fill up too much time here. Maybe we'll show it after dark. Mm. Mm. Uh, Brian, that uh, yes. train that derailed in uh, Ohio a couple weeks back, uh, still, uh, still finding out that there was more toxic chemicals than initially reported. Um, it's actually we're going on two and a half weeks now. Yeah, there's been some controlled burn of the Norfolk Southern Railroad train cars to try and stop a potential explosion. Uh, but we found, uh, they knew that there was vinyl chloride, phosgene, and hydrogen chloride. Uh, but now we're also finding uh, ethylene, glycol, monobutol, ether, uh, ethyl hexyl acrylate, and isobutylene. All bad chemicals to be breathing in uh, the smoke from. Which um, the part that really is um, distressing about this is that this this happened two weeks ago, and it has not. Um, it is just let me say this: it is just really entering the national discourse. Um, we're talking about a train that had over a hundred cars. Um, more than half of them were carrying toxic chemicals, gas, liquids. Um, Probably solids. I'm gonna throw it in there. <laughs> um, and um, uh, train derailed. We're not sure why. Uh, Billy's gonna make a Ronald Reagan reference to the deregulation of the railroads. Um, I know I've seen in many places that Obama, when uh, he was president, his administration put through um, a lot of safety uh, requirements um, for the railroad um, industry that were. Um, uh, retracted during the presidency of Donald Trump. That's correct. Sure. I don't. I, you know what? I don't know that. Um, just saw, saw it on the internet. Mm. That's actually uh, been fact checked. Oh, has it? Okay. Yes. Um, I feel a little bit better. But it is the fact that um, uh, just so much, uh, and I, I don't know if pounds is the right word, um, but it was how much toxic materials were released during a short period of time and the local residents are still um, uh, not being protected. Right. Um, you know, there was a, um, you know, stay in home order that was immediately announced. Um, some people were told you have to vacate your homes, um, told 
A couple days later, yep, safe to come back. Um, there's, um, you know, out there being told safe to drink the water. The air is safe. Um, and uh, listen, we've had so many examples in this country of um, environmental disasters where the American public was lied to by the American government, were lied to by American corporations, um, all in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the order of uh, corporate profits, all in the order of um, don't rock the boat. Um, well, and that's and- really, you talk about the, the Obama era law that was repealed by President Trump. And it wasn't like Trump just saw this law and said, you know, let's repeal it. It was the result of millions of dollars of lobbying efforts from rail companies such as Norfolk Southern sure. and CSX, um, who, who you know, pushed the, the government and the Trump administration specifically saying, you know, this, this, is, this puts an undue burden um, mm-hmm. on us to make these expensive changes. Meanwhile, right. and, and we've said this, I think, for every industry we've spoken about this year, sure. uh, the rail companies are making record profits, sure. um, you know, while, you know, rail safety plummets while rail workers and people living along rail lines are, mm-hmm. are being put into harm's way. Yeah. And it's, um, it is the American way. We've become so beholden to the um, dollar profit that, um, you know, our infrastructure is um, uh, falling apart. Our standard of life is falling apart. Our, our um, you know, the, the, the value of a human life has um, uh, uh, fallen apart. The value of the animals, of um, you know, the environment, the land, um, every you know, and at the at the same time, you know, what's the the ultimate like sad point is this is the American way. This is exactly what got America to this point. You know, we talk about you know this you know how this is a great country and you know it's just going to shit because you know now it's just like oh it's all about the. Do- We've always been about always the dollar. We've we have always been a, been about um, what is better for the people who are in power. Um, in this case, uh, the corporate elite. Um, you know, and it's it's a and anybody who falls in the way of of, of forward progress and profits, um, uh, they don't matter. And you're looking at the people of East Palestine, Ohio. And you realize that they are right now a shining example. And when I say shining, it is because literally the toxic chemicals that they have been breathing in has caused their bodies to become bioluminescent. And they are just shining. They are literally shining examples of the horror of what's going on in um, corporate America right now. Uh, one other thing that is consistent with America, Brian, is uh, people dying at the hands of police uh, going out to Alabama, where a man froze to death inside of a county jail after he was placed uh, into a either a walk-in freezer or another cold area by guards. Um, the family of Anthony Tony Mitchell says that more than a dozen jail off officials in Walker County abused him and then tried to cover up the alleged mistreatment. Listen, we, you know, I, I, I can't say that I know what it is like to be a police officer or um, a corrections officer. They are not easy jobs. You know, it is not an easy existence. It is a struggle. You are dealing with some of the most difficult 
um, uh, people that this, this society can generate. But to um, take a naked man, in this case, he was naked because I looked it up, saw photos. They were pixelated, but I was figured out, you know, I put them through my depixelation software and was able to um, see his uh, frozen schween. Um, but they took a man who had been arrested for. He had making- fired. Uh, he fired a gun at uh, at police officers. He apparently suffers from suffered from drug addiction and also had mental and uh, physical health issues. And um, and the thing was, this he was a young guy, relatively right. thirty three um, years old. 33 years old. So he was taken into uh, police custody. Um, there were, uh, you know, the reports, a variety of reports of him um, uh, showing signs of uh, uh, illness. Um, and the way that these police officers decided to deal with an unruly um, inmate was instead of getting the medical attention that he required, um, they uh, strapped him into a chair and um, left him in a freezer. And then came back about an hour later and right. wondered why he was frozen to death. Hmm. When uh, Mitchell was taken to a local hospital, uh, his internal body temperature was only 72 degrees. You know, that's um, Mexico is warmer than his body. Think about it this way, Ron. That's very the, true. The, the air that you got to experience in Playa de Carmen. Uh, we also wanted to show photos. Uh, it kind of shows uh, the, the how bad drug addictions and mental illness can impact a person. They they had two photos uh, that they showed uh, in the article. Um, this was a, a photo of Tony Mitchell uh, from Better Times, uh, although he was drinking a Red Bull. That's always a red flag, in my opinion. Um, and a this is a photo of him um, the day he was arrested. Um, Definitely looking a lot worse for wear. Now, again, living in Alabama, I think, takes some years off your life as well. Absolutely. But, you know, I, listen, look at that sweatshirt he's wearing. He backs the blue. He does. And 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 what good did it get him? Absolutely. Well, he got a trip to the freezer. Oh, speaking of uh, trains, I forgot to mention, uh, they apparently found a pipe bomb. Uh, in uh, the Ronhurst section of Philadelphia earlier today on a train track, on train tracks used by Norfolk Southern and CSX. Uh, apparently, Philadelphia Police Department uh, bomb squad was able to go and remove the item. Uh, it was built out of a, a PVC pipe. Uh, we're still waiting on additional information. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a little scary, obviously. That had to be an inside tip. Why is I that? Mean- how, how do they? There's no way that they just find a pipe bomb on the on the railroad tracks. Well, somebody was, must have was, called them and said, "Hey, there's a pipe bomb there. You got to go get it off." Or was somebody seen planting it? Like, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't have all the information. I will tell you uh, the area where the pipe bomb was found was you know near uh, a populated area. It was there's a train tracks that run behind a church in the neighborhood. Also, um, I will say. Uh, Norfolk Southern, CSX, and SEPTA, our transit uh, company, they do regular inspections of the train lines by helicopter um, for, you know, I don't know for this exact reason, but um, certainly for security purposes. So I've not seen any updates uh, since then. Not to Doc's Alley, but she apparently lives in that area. Well, I think perhaps uh, she might need to provide information on her whereabouts. When this Where was she? I mean, she clearly was very angry about the uh, 
uh, the Norfolk Southern um, train. Though I'm just glad she's okay. Well, I mean, as you reported earlier, uh, not on the podcast, but on our social media, you know, she was seen uh, tipping over cars and setting them on fire after the Eagles Super Bowl loss. Um, This may be this may be part of that. Let's just we're just glad she's okay. Yeah, no, Um, everybody's okay. Can we talk about your Super Bowl uh, uh, experience? Uh, we can. I know, I know we're like. at the fifty. I know we're at the fifty-nine minute mark. If this was a Ron solo episode, you'd be, be wrapping it up right now. Sure. I get it. I get it. But it's not. We can talk about how was your Super Bowl experience. I mean, it wasn't bad. You know, they have a uh, a theater at the uh, at the resort where they do shows throughout the week. Um, so they had uh, some TV set up. They had a bunch of chairs in there. Uh, they put out like a. Uh, a little food buffet. Uh, they put, uh, you know, they had open bars. So uh, we went, we watched the game, watched all of the game. It was a mix of Eagles fans and Chiefs fans. I would say maybe more Eagles fans than Chiefs fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously there were, there were a group of us that left that evening very disappointed. No one could believe, again, I think across the entire room, Chiefs fans and Eagles fans, no one can believe that the referees threw that flag that late in the game on a ticky-tack penalty. And this is the thing. It was a penalty. It was. You can't argue that it wasn't holding. Can't argue that. But to call holding with a minute left in the fourth quarter of a tie game in the Super Bowl on a third down play – I mean, I was, I did not believe that they called that, ta- that holding play. Right. But again, you know, the game did not hinge on that call on that play. You know, obviously mm. the Eagles had a 10 point lead at one point um, and gave it up. You know, the game should have been over with the way the first half went. The game should have been over a lot sooner than that. So right. should not, um, should not have come down to the wire like that. Absolutely. Um, well, I just want to, you know, if, before we wrap this episode up, okay. um, I would like to say something to you. Um, you know, uh, your championship era has ended. It has come uh, uh, to a halt. For this uh, year. I am now, uh, for the next 359 days, I will be your champion, uh, people. But before we really revel in my excellence, I think that what we really have to do is pay homage to Ron. I think that a large thank you is owed to him. Um, the efforts that he has put in over these past um, 12 months since the last Super Bowl, uh, people have, you know, I think I think there's been a certain degree amongst the, you know, amongst our listeners of of just, you know, Coming to coming to a high level of expectation in terms of what the champion is, and not realizing the day to day grind um, that it requires. Um, and I want you to know something you 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 held um, you held your head up high at all times. You never complained. You never said I don't want this anymore. Um, you did it with class. You did it with style. Um, you did it. With you did it in in respect to the tradition of being a champion. People will look back at the 1920s Yankees. People will look back on the Dallas Cowboys of the late 1970s. They'll look back at the New York Yankees of the late 90s into the early aughts. 
And if when 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 talk turns to those types of dynasties of of just elites, they're going to talk about Ron, and they're going to talk about the championship that he carried this podcast for for one year. And I want I want to take a moment and make sure that we don't forget that we don't just assume that greatness just shows up. No, greatness is exemplified. And the person that I'm sitting across from, this person right here, this man is great. Well, and I want to thank you. I want to, no, 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 no. You don't thank me. <laughs> I thank you because you were an amazing champion and you lifted this podcast for 12 months. And I don't remember thanking you during that time. I don't remember saying, hey, Ron, Thanks. And you know what? Today I need I, I realized I needed to. Well, it's been my honor. It's been my pleasure. Uh it's been you know, it's been ups, downs, it's been it's been more good times than bad. Uh lots of things to reflect on and look back on. In fact, Matt, play the video montage. God damn it, Matt. Why do we keep this guy around? Anyway, uh Is he gonna do it? No, no, he must not have done the video montage. We, we spent even... hours. We spent hours picking those scenes. He still hasn't even put together the bumper for stories of the week yet. He he still hasn't done the video editing for the Ron and Ron podcast, uh, which you can learn yep. more about at the Ron and Ron podcast.com. Don't forget about the Ron and Brian podcast. Every <laughs> Ron Sunday. And podcast.com. All right. Welcome back, else, buddy. Welcome Thank back. You. It's good to be back. Um, we're going to go get ready for After Dark for our Patreon subscribers. Um, it's great to be doing this show. Um, we look forward to it each and every week. Uh, Brian, it is always my honor to be sharing a screen with you. Anything additional you have before uh, we roll on out of here? Um, I love you and don't don't ever leave me again. All right. Love you too, my friend. Uh, Patreon folks, we'll see you in 25 minutes. Everyone else. We'll catch you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.